Hi, this is Christina Gonzalez-Sander, and you are listening to the Inbuilds Company Podcast. Welcome. Every single Wednesday, I host No BS Conversations with Women of Color about the intersections of race, identity, and our cultural upbringings with, well, everything else. So if you haven't listened to this podcast before, this is a lifestyle podcast created for women of color, and we talk about so many different things, everything so far from human design and inner child healing, generational trauma, looking at debt, managing your money. Uh, we've done a variety of different topics, and today's topic is about One Tree Hill. Uh, no, I'm just joking, sort of, but... Bree and I have been texting about One Tree Hill all week, and we have decided that we are soulmates, so that is not a joke. But today's episode is all about grief, experiencing loss as, you know, a 15-year-old. Bree and I both lost parents um, pretty early in our lives, and we talk a lot about how that has affected us you know, thereafter. And then we also talk about Bree's 2020 no dating year, her dating hiatus. And if you don't know Brie, she's going to talk a lot about you know, who she is and like why we're having this conversation and you're really going to get to know her. But you can think of her as the love child of Oprah, Beyonce, and Michelle Obama, my favorite. She is a public speaker, activist for the LGBTQIA plus female and people of color communities and uses her platform for change. Brie is super open and super real on Instagram. I have been such an, an admirer of her since I met her basically a year ago, like right before the pandemic hit or right when the pandemic hit. We were both on a virtual dinner with Boss Babes ATX and have been meaning to connect with each other after that for legit over a year. And this is us finally reconnecting. So, so excited about it. So excited for you to hear about it. Like I said, there's a trigger warning in this episode since we do talk about grief and loss and eating disorders. So just keep that in mind. But I know that you're really going to love this episode because even though we do talk about pretty hard topics in it, I think we are really able to like look back on our lives and, and see the things that have positively impacted us from our experiences. So I know that sounds super vague. I'm just going to let y'all listen to it. And my last thing is, as always, I would love your support. If you please could leave a review on iTunes and stick around until the end of the episode to find out how I can reward you for your support and your words and your love. Anyway, let's dive in. Let's get to the juicy stuff. So much for coming on I really appreciate I'm like I feel like we've been talking for forever about like just chatting I think we met um at the boss babes like virtual dinner at the beginning of COVID like, Back so we're like it's ago. not gonna be that we're not gonna be here that long and shoot to now <laughs> yeah uh, a year later and uh we're still here so and we it's finally not, got to talk <laughs> it's not a full year yet Oh, I, true. I keep telling people, I'm like, I feel like I get to be angry the most because we went on lockdown the week of my 30th birthday. <gasps> so it's not till March. <laughs> so oh, no. Wait, when's your birthday? March 18th. Okay. Okay. I'm born. 
I'm born in the third month on the third week, on the third Sunday. Yeah, I'm three, <gasps> I'm three, wow. I'm March 18, so 318, and I'm born at 813 in the morning, so 318, 813, yeah, weird. Yes. Weird, weird numerology things, yeah. Well, you got to know your full chart. Oh, so. yes, you do, and I was literally about to say, like, I appreciate the fact that you just told me your entire chart. Yep. Can I ask you? Mm-hmm. What what's your what is your like rising sun and moon? My sun is in Pisces. My rising is Taurus, and my moon is Sag. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm an interesting bird over here. Uh, I thought you had some sort of Earth energy somewhere, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the Sagittarius moon's an interesting one. Yeah, who knew? Okay. Not me. Until- yeah. Like, now okay. I'm like double checking. Now I'm like, yeah, Taurus rising, Taurus rising, Sun and Pisces in the eleventh house, and then Moon and Sag in the eighth house. Interesting. Okay. Wait. Yeah. I can so, send you my whole chart. If you want. Yeah. Send me your chart. Send it to me. I'm oh super excited. Okay. Let's. I'm like, let's yeah. see. Let's oh, see. Gosh. Yeah, I'm okay. a, I'm an interesting bird over here. Can you do? Wait, I can't wait to see. So, okay, Brie, the my new question for guests that come on mm-hmm. is, who are you professionally, but who are you personally? Because I feel like they're a little bit two different things. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because last year before the world shut down in January, in December of 2019. I decided not to date in 2020. And I took that time. I was like, I'm going to set aside the time I quote would be dating to really do some inner work, to reevaluate who I am outside of every relationship I have, outside of every platonic or romantic relationship, and then outside of my work. This is like a perfect Mm. question to ask. Um, Yeah. So like last year, I like did a lot of self-work. We'll circle back there. Um, so professionally, um, my name is Brianna Jenkins. Um, prefer- professionally and personally, my pronouns are she, her, hers. And professionally, I am a full-time uh, fundraiser. So I do, I'm do. i the director of development for Austin Justice Coalition, which I just started that job Good in grad, December. Thanks. Yeah, I just started in December. Um, and so I'm the director of, of development, which is a fancy way of saying I'm in charge of fundraising, community partnerships. Um, If anyone donates or wants to host a fundraiser or when we host a fundraising event, I am like the contact person for that. And it's been interesting to to be the first one at another org. Uh, The last organization I left, I was the first uh, uh, coordinator, nope, development coordinator there. Um, So it's just been a lot of building these last like Mm. month, last month, which is my Taurus loves that, like the planning, the organizing, the getting getting stuff in order is really exciting. Um, I also started my own consulting business last year because I got let go from a, a tech job I was working. And it seemed like the perfect time to start Priyana Jenkins Consulting. And so my consulting business is just me. I, I work for myself on that end. Um, but it's a range of diversity, equity, and inclusion work. So I've been doing a lot of speaking engagements and trainings and public speaking around 
um, racial justice, reproductive justice, um, LGBTQIA rights. And I think what sets me apart from a lot of other people who do DEI work is that I share a lot of my lived experience. Mm -hmm. And I do that purposely, one, because I feel like people can't argue with your perspective, right? Like people want to argue with like facts and figures and numbers and like it's facts, but okay. But the more personal and the more um, perspective you can give to them, the more they are. People love storytelling. People love that personal connection. And so for me to be able to go into these places and be like, as a black queer woman in this body, in this country, um, this is, these are some things that I've experienced. So I do DEI work. Um, I also was, was doing consulting for nonprofits. So a lot of smaller nonprofits can't afford full-time fundraisers, um, right. full-time people to work on marketing. And so I was doing contract work with two organizations in Austin for a while. Um, and then also now I do some podcast consulting because I also host a podcast, the um, tea with Brie. The tea with Brie. <laughs> yeah, the tea with Brie where I sit down with a different guest every week and they get to bring the topic to me, which I think is a very fun way to have conversation. And that show got started mostly because I'm obsessed with Oprah and I've always loved watching the way she talks to people about their life experiences. And, you know, I had access and had the privilege of being either friends or colleagues with so many amazing people and we'd have really beautiful conversations that were deep and honest and vulnerable. And as a person who can talk to anybody about anything for hours, it was always interesting how my introverted friends would have these conversations with me one-on-one, but when surrounded by like big groups of people, they kind of like mm-hmm. stopped. Um, so me starting that show was to give not only other people a platform to share personal stories and other things I just wanted to talk about, but also to remind people, like, we don't have to have the same mundane conversations, right? Like, how are you? How are your parents? How's work? How's the kids? Like, it was. I, I wanted to create a space where anybody could come and talk to me about anything. Um, so that show started in October 2019. We just, we just, I just had the first anniversary. <laughs> I always do that, too. Yeah. I was like, we, and by we, I mean me. <laughs> My the, the queen's we, right? Like the collective we, meaning just me, um, just had the one-year anniversary, um, the fi- episode 50. So I'm an overachiever. I accept that. I know who I am. I'm also a workaholic working on it. I was going to say, um, you, do, you do so many things. And I love how you're like, this is this is pretty professionally. We're gonna get to the personal We're part. Gonna get to a personal part. I promise. <laughs> obviously, you do a lot of things. I do. Uh, so, episode fifty of the normal air quotes tea with Brie, which is the weekly Thursday episode, um, has its its fiftieth episode comes out this week, which is really exciting. Oh my it's gosh! Like, so fun. Yeah. Cute little milestone. Um, But then also, because I'm an overachiever, um, I started two other days where I release episodes. So on Mondays for a while, I was doing small cups of tea because brand new. Wait, that's so cool. Um, Thank you. So it was many episodes where I talked to people either about COVID-related topics. So my friend Jenna started a company during covid Um, My friend Marcus and I talked about um, battling addiction and disordered eating. Um, or being in recovery of a, of um, both while in COVID. Um, and then my friend um, Simone started a nonprofit. So we, and then a couple other folks um, were running for office. We also talked about mm-hmm. politics on the Monday episodes. 
And then on Tuesdays, I was re- releasing The Kettle is Hot because... Oh, I listened to a couple of The Kettle is Hot. And those Which are awesome. no shade to my other episodes. Those are probably like my favorite episodes because they are mostly focused on Black Lives Matter or um, racial justice stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they, so the Small Cups of Tea has, I think, seven episodes and the Kettle is Hot has 11. So you... I'm cranking. I'm like so <laughs> impressed because I'm not even going to lie and pretend like I'm as good. I'm not as good at like pre-recording episodes. I'm always like, okay, yeah, like let's like, I already like know who I had in mind. You know, I like have always had talking to you in mind for so long and I'm just so slow at like, do, like tapping people be like, okay, no, seriously, like let's do this. I'm so slow at it. And I accept that about myself. I'm also a Taurus rising, so maybe I'm I'm the slow Taurus. No, 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 no. That's that's the planning part. You're planning on getting there, right? Yes, baby, baby stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I used to be on another show, and we like our scheduling was just like so sporadic. And I'm clearly a planner. Um, so like when I started my own show, I was like, okay, I know that I want to do X, Y, and Z, and so like. When people sign up now, they laugh all the time because it's so planned out. Like I have a Calendly of the pre-scheduled time slots. Plus I have a Google form where you put in all your info and then what you want to talk about. And then I create a run of show that I need the guests to fill out. It's a whole thing. Oh my gosh. I'm like, can I have that template? (laughs) I'll I'll send send you some tips. Shout out to Squarespace. That's how I do mostly everything. For this podcast, not an ad, but not an ad, but it can be Squarespace. But so please, Squarespace, holla, holla at us. Hi, hi I'm Squarespace, Squarespace and Calendly. Let me know if you need some ad time because I'm a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I so, know. I listened to one of your goals was to get sponsorship for the podcast. I listened yeah. to that. So like, let's make it happen. We're manifesting by saying it out loud more and more times. So that oh, we, we we need we'll we'll mm. loop back around about manifestation. Make yes. a note because okay. I'm such yeah. a manifester, and so many beautifully weird things have happened. Yes. Well, okay. We just we'll circle back. We'll circle back. <laughs> okay. Um. So uh, and then the last part professionally, aside from like work, my own business, my podcast. Um. I've also had the honor of sitting on four boards in the time I've lived here. So I lived in Austin almost five years. And in that time I've sat on four boards That's because a lot of boards. I can't say no to people who need help, especially if it's like related to nonprofit work. Um, so I've sat on the board of Keep Austin Fed, which is a food rescue organization that takes food that would go and expired in grocery stores and gives it to people in need. Um, Austin Black Pride, who creates uh, programming for queer black people in Austin, Lone Star Victim Advocacy Project, and they do work with survivors of immigrant survivors of domestic abuse and assault. And then I'm cur- I've been currently serving as the co-director of New Leaders Council's Austin chapter since 2019. Um, and New Leaders Council is a millennial trading program that trains progressive millennials to be involved in their community. So that's professionally. <laughs> And Which then personal, it's a lot. Yeah, shake it out, like, people. I know it's a lot. And then personally, I'm a black queer woman living in Austin, Texas. Um, I keep telling people <laughs> my tagline is a black queer woman in Austin, Texas, just trying to make Oprah proud. So, oops, this is <laughs> for you. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I grew up in Hamden, Connecticut, born and raised in Connecticut, went to college there. And then I visited Austin in September of 2015, was visiting my best friend, John, who I've known since I was 15. No, I've known him since I was 12. There we go. Sorry, John. Um, I've known John since I was 12, came here for a four day weekend and then moved here in May, 2016. So like less than a year later. Um, oh my gosh, that's amazing. When I moved here, I only knew John and maybe like three other people. I had sold all my stuff and just drove my car down. Like I had an apartment and I had a roommate and then I was like, I'll figure it out. So I <laughs> left on Memorial Day weekend that Sunday. I got here Monday night, slept all day Tuesday, started work Wednesday, got my apartment keys Thursday. <laughs> all in the same week. Yeah. There, again, plans. So many plans, but also a little bit spontaneous, it seems. There, I'm very spontaneous. I'm like a plan, plan. spontaneous person also. Because it's not, maybe it's that's the Taurus, plan spontaneity. <laughs> I feel like that's what it is. I think it, I have a lot of Sagittarius in my chart also, though. So maybe that's a little, it's a little bit of both, but combo. Um, because I, I also came to Austin in 2015, came to visit a friend who was going to grad school here. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, and I moved like a month later. I was like, all right, in, in 2015, I was like, throw me okay. in, you're like right. ready to be here. Uh, well, so- I, I always laugh because like, so like I said, I moved here in 2016. Um, but then by 2018, 2018, I had what I like to call Brie by Brie Fest, which is my birthday weekend, which is the same weekend as South by Southwest. Oh, yeah. Because I am who I am. And um, it's a three-day birthday weekend because I really like my birthday and the importance of birthdays. And so I invited like 120 people to like the whole weekend, right? Like oh, so yeah. it was like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, like just letting them know. And so night one, I always start at Lester Pearl East. It's my favorite bar on the east side. It's around Linden Street. Shout out to Lester Pearl. Also not an ad, but it can be. Um, and <laughs> and um and yeah, so I, I got there and throughout the night, like 80 people came. Like my friend wow. counted, I won't which was 80 people came to your birthday. She's got like one of those ticky things. The clickers, like, yeah. yeah. She's like, <laughs> one, two, three. So like very fortunate, like to be so loved and supported. But it's also like, for me, it's like a mini festival that all my people get to meet every year. So sometimes it's like a reunion for them of like, you Marilyn hasn't seen Shelby since my last birthday. And it's like, that's super exciting for like them to reconnect. So I don't know. It's just like, I, I just really love that all my people know each other. So that's to say like when the world opens back up and we have Brie by Beer Fest, you'll be there. Oh, um, yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Um, I am an only child. Technically my mom passed when I was 15. Actually her 15th anniversary of passing was yesterday. Saw that. Um, yeah, hard day. Um, but so like I was ridiculously close to my mom. And so I feel like she's always like this guiding light in all my careers. And so like her and Oprah are like neck and neck. Yeah, they're um, there. Got they're right there. Um, so I'm an only child. My mom passed when I was 15. My dad and I haven't really spoken since I was 18. We have like a weird relationship. My parents were married, but my dad and I had a falling out. Um so when my dad and I had a falling out, I went to live with my godparents, essentially. Like, I was 18. I've known them my whole life. So it was just, like, a good like, place to go. So even growing up, I was, like, their fifth kid. So even though I'm an only child, I'm also kind of not. Um, I also come from a very large family. Um, my dad's one of three. My mom's one of five. 
My godfather's one of seven and my godmother's wow. one of four. So like I have a lot of aunts, a lot of cousins, a lot of like, you know, those family friends that turn into family, like that mm-hmm. sort of like relationship to too. If they're actually your aunt, your uncle, you're like, wait, you have no clue to you're like older. You get older, you're like doing the like the family tree, like we're not related. Like what? So a lot of that, yeah. Yeah. Love not love not blood family is what we call it. Um and so uh yeah, so uh my my god sister or my sister, um, her oldest son is my godson Marcus, who is twelve. He's born oh. he's born three days to the day. I mean, sorry, three years to the day that my mom passed. So she passed in 06 and he's born in 09 on February first. So it's like a He's like a little angel. You know, to me, I think when not when Marcus was born. Um, he also he also thinks he's my father, which is hilarious. Um <laughs> He still tells me I'm not old enough to date and I'm 30. So probably yeah. probably for the best. Okay. Um, yeah, I am I couldn't be more single if I tried. Um, like I said, I took last year off to not date. And um, yeah, it was a really beautiful time to really think about why I was dating so badly, what my non-negotiables were, mm. what I'm looking for in a partner. Um, and then also like what kind of parent I want to be. I've always seen myself being a parent and not someone's long-term partner. So I really impact that feeling. Oh, okay. And yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not currently in therapy, but I, when I have been in therapy, my therapist is like, you're easy. You'll talk about anything. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to heal. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're like, I will, I will tell you whatever you need to know. Like, I will, I will it. do, I will do the work. Don't you worry. So, um, yeah, that's, I think that's, Everything, friend, godmother, daughter, community member, community member, activist, podcast host. Yes. Someone's future spouse slash mom. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just want to say I did see your post yesterday about your mom and I am definitely an instant crier. So I'm not going to say too many things because I will probably cry, but- I wanted to comment on it, but because my dad died when I was 15 going on 16. And I know that like, it's such a hard um, experience to have at such a young age. And like, you just always think about them and have them as like your guardian angel. And so I can relate and I'm probably gonna start crying. And anyway, I just want to say, I know that your mom was so proud of you because like, I look at the work that you do in our community here and I know you were thinking about moving at one point, but it would have been such a loss to us here in Austin. And I'm going to stop talking because I will start crying. Anyway. (laughs) Well, before before you, anyway, and I don't want you to cry, but (sighs) thank, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And also your dad is very proud of you too. And I... I hold space for both of us in a very terrible club that no one wants to belong to. But I mean, we see where we are now. And, and, and I was actually just talking to someone the other day of like, I grew up in a very religious family. So when I came out was super nervous, my family loves me and accepts me. That's not the point of the story. Um, But that I was talking to someone the other day about the correlation between um, faith and the hardships we go through Mm -hmm. and how, like super religious or specifically Christian of how we believe that if you go through a hardship, it is meant to teach you a lesson and bring you to a better place. And like everything happens for a reason. And so I always hold on to the fact of like that whole, like God doesn't give you more than you can bear. I take a little bit of a tweak there and it's like the, these life is not carved out for 
ease, I guess. Like there's, you have to, you have to have bad to have good. And so I really sit with that often. So although like I I would love to have my mom here, I think it'd be a very different person. So I'm trying to find, find gratitude in the sadness. Yeah, no, I think it's like a super, it's like a super tough place. And I will say that this would have been the second time that I cried today. Uh (laughs) So I'm like, um, but thank you for for saying that. And honestly, it is good for us to kind of sit in those emotions, because it's like something that a lot of other people also go through. And, you know, I think it's an interesting thing to remember the people in your family that have passed, especially on Instagram, because like, when someone really relates to you, like, I was like, Oh my God, I want to say something. But I'm like, there's so many words that I could like say that it's just not going to translate well over a comment. And I was like, I'm gonna wait to talk to Brie tomorrow because we could go on, you know, we could go on and on, but like honoring your mom and her energy and her spirit that is living inside of you today. And I'm like, I'm sure she's she's hanging out and and paying attention to all the amazing things that you're doing. Um, you. And so I know that you did send me your chart. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have a text. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know you said that you, I think you said like, you're so single right now, but what? Okay. So you took a year off from dating to like, dig deep, do the inner work, think about probably your childhood and how you grew up. What did you learn from taking I wish, a year off dating? I wish I could see the amount of nodding I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, I learned a lot, actually. And it's funny, I actually just had this recording with another friend of mine. So this is really exciting to talk about again, because she made me cry. So I'm not I'm prepared to not cry here. Um but I was like emotionally exhausted afterwards and she's a really good friend and she also hosts a podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's always interesting. Like when two podcasters are on one show, you're like who's going to ask the question? Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, she, it was really exciting because she had taken a couple of years ago. She took the year to date very intentionally. Mm. And then the next year I took the year off to not date. And so we, like, we had a correlation conversation. Um, but I learned a lot. I learned that I'm still holding a lot of what I like to call baby Brie trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm losing my mom super young and then my dad and I are not talking. And so I don't trust people to love me long term. And there's a lot into that of, you know, stuff I found out about my dad after my mom passed and things he said. And so I'm just like very – I'm really good at building platonic relationships, but romantic relationships, I don't trust people. Um, there was this one boy in high school that I loved so much, um, but he's a butt and he dated every friend of oh. mine, but not me. Oh. He knew it. He knew I liked him, but he dated every single one of my friends. That's fucking so rude. That, so that then told me that I was not desirable. Mm-hmm. And I still really with that. And then, you know, growing up, like I grew up in a very diverse town, like in Hamden, we had like the year I graduated, I did a, I did a research theater for some reason, but the year I graduated in 08 from high school, um, there, my, the population of our town was like 60,000 people. I grew up in a, not a small town at mm-hmm. all. Um, but it was like 40% white, 40% black, and then 20% like other people of color. Oh, that's pretty yeah. diverse. Diverse. Um, but like my core groups of group of friends were like, um, so growing up in the Northeast, like 
<laughs> which I find very interesting. Like in the South, it's like you're just white, but people in the Northeast, it's like very much a melting pot. So like people know if they're Irish or Italian mm-hmm. or what kind of Latinx what if they're Mexican, of, Puerto Rican. Yeah, too. Yeah, like it's like a whole breakdown and very like we grew up in a very cultural place of so like being very proud. Like we celebrated like Jewish stuff and Kwanzaa and like all these different things. So I grew up with diverse friends who were white, but diverse. And then a bunch of like friends of different races. But even then, like I always had like shorter hair. I've always been like a curvier girl. And so like, for me, I had this internalized um, thing that like I was fat. I was unattractive Um, And that, like, even at 12, like, you know, if I couldn't be white, which was, like, the, quote, standard of beauty, Mm -hmm. if I couldn't be white with long hair, I could at least be thin. So I developed a trigger warning. I developed an eating disorder when I was 12. And my mom caught it. And so we started going to, like, therapy for that. And and she was like, you're not fat. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. So it was just, like, shout out to my mom, which I – the the show the tea with brie also started with that because she and i would just have ran like very honest conversations which is why the color is purple it was her favorite color anywho's um but yeah so i started having eating disorder when i was 12 and then when she passed when i was 15 um i jumped back into that because i you know you the one thing you can control during a period of grief and trauma is you mm-hmm. um so i stopped uh i didn't eat basically for like a full month and like lost 30 pounds in a month. And my aunt put me into therapy and I grew up in a very um, fortunate situation that they had therapy during school for children who had lost a parent. So I was in group therapy oh during gosh, school, which too. was super but, helpful. Yeah. You're like, uh, <laughs> but it's just like you with like a bunch of other people like your age going to therapy. And mm. it's kind of weird. It, it's like, so weird. Helpful, but weird. Weird, but helpful. Yeah. Weird, but helpful. Yeah. It's like a shared secret you're holding. Like, you like, gotta go at lunchtime. Right. Like, but it's also like that weird thing of like none of your friends could relate, right? Like, at 15, what major loss has someone really experienced, There's right? Like, unless on. it's a grandparent or, you know, um, yeah. So, like, also it was really interesting because I had suffered a lot of like loss before my mom like I had a cousin who was super young who like died in a freak accident um a like a one of my pastors passed I had an aunt who had passed a girl I went to middle school with like I had experienced trauma but not that close right it's like it was interesting like when my mom was sick like if you weren't my friend you did not know I did not miss a day of school until her funeral I didn't cry at her funeral because my dad was crying and the only other day I missed was the day after because my dad made me stay home. Like I've always been like this very like keep pushing forward, trucking, trucking through sort of person. So that's also a thing I'm processing now. This year I'm trying to sit with gratitude more and rest, which we were just talking about. Um, so those are my two big things because I've been doing that a lot. I do not rest. I do not take a break. I do not ask for help. Mm-hmm. And so this year this. I'm focusing on so I'm trying to refine it there it's easy not to um it's easy to avoid things that you want to that you don't want to think about or talk about when you're doing a lot of things you're like I'm busy like I don't have time I don't have time for that I don't know what you're talking about or like I don't have time to process that like what are you talking about yep um my god sister was like you're the only 
person who I know who deals with depression. I've gotten diagnosed with depression, who, but everyone's like, you're the happiest person ever. I'm like, no, I know. Um, but I've been diagnosed with like the depression that is like overachieving. Like I have to keep almost like avoidance behavior. I have to keep busy because like if I start crying, I won't stop. And I'm like, I don't have time to cry. Like I have too much stuff going on. So I'm trying to really like start scheduling crying, which I used to do, which I was like, that's weird. I'm like, it's what I know. It's kind of nice. Too. I I'm like, I don't know if you've felt this, but I feel like very similar. Like I feel very similar to you in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just like, you know, the experiencing early loss as a child. And like, it it's, I feel like I didn't have that many other people that experienced so many like things like my dad died his sister died when she was young. She was like, we were like best friends. You know, I was like, I'm an only child also. And just like all of those things before you turn 15, which is actually like a pretty pivotal year. You're a freshman in high school. You're like a baby. You're going to a new high school. It's like, that's like really when things can turn, I think for how you want to, who you want to hang out with, like, who do you think is cool? Like that's, yeah. you know, you're growing so much at that time and you're like pretty impressionable and it's interesting to go through grief at the same time that you're trying to like fit in with your peers and all these things are happening to you at once. Um, yeah. And I'm sure as I did, you talk a lot about that in therapy <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and it's interesting. Cause like, so when my mom passed, I was, 15 turning 16. So I was my sophomore in high sophomore year in high school. Mm. Um, but I had been I had been trying to get on the volleyball team for like a year. Like I love volleyball. Um, but my freshman year I didn't make the team because I could not serve. Mm. And so that summer, before she got sick again, I had a weekly volleyball camp where I learned to serve. And so I made the team and then she got sick. So she didn't get to see me play volleyball at all. <clears throat> and so that was just like was so angry and so it was just so unfair and then my my mom didn't want me to see her sick so I didn't go to the hospital that often and my dad was never home so it was just like a lot of like you're 15 you're in high school you have all these things going on you're turning 16 like yeah I I spiraled like between the eating disorder I started drinking when I was 16 like oh yeah it was it was it was a situation you gotta cope right you gotta just like and, and, you know, my family has a history of addiction. And so it was something that like, I was cautious of, but also I was like, I just can't deal with it. So yeah, I don't know if my dad knows I started drinking that young. Anywho, I'm 30 now. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I was like, um, hey, my mom uh, and my stepdad too, too. Close too, but I was like, don't know what she I was like, sorry. They yeah, did, sorry. They did sit me down. It was like, after like my dad died, I, I like started drinking a lot with like other kids at school mm-hmm. and my parents had to like sit me down and be like like my mom and my stepdad were like Christina what is happening like are you like what's going on because I, I was like my dad didn't know it was a my weird, dad didn't know really it's just like I hit it I hit it very well I would You're never drink at my house grades right too so like no one really had to say oh. all my grades were yeah good. I was were getting like, good grades I was getting good grades. I wasn't drinking at home. Um, I was always – I didn't even have a curfew. Like my dad didn't give me a curfew, but I was always home by like 10, 11 o'clock because all my friends had curfews. Like, I'm not going to just be out. Yeah. like um, So like – but I was also the first person in my friend group to get their license. 
because I'm the old, I was the oldest one. Uh, so like I got my license first, but like I had a job first. Like I had everything. Like I, I was working a job. I was playing volleyball. Like again, high performing depression. Um, so like I was very in line. I was a virgin, not relevant, but I was virgin until I was 23. Like did not do anything bad. Like in air quotes bad, right? Um, but was very high performing. You would never know. I had a house party twice that I don't think my dad knows about. Which he might know now if he listens to this. Um, Confession. But I had the same. I had the same group of friends. Like it was super. It wasn't like a one of those movie house parties. Like the whole school comes, right? Like it was like, I wasn't like popular, popular. But we didn't have like popular kids and non popular kids in my school, which was really nice. Any hoodles. Really nice. Um, but yeah, like I grew up in a very diverse, very accepting town. But even still, like the documentary that i'm in just came out last night but i had asked people for pictures of young me and so my friend derek who's known me since i was five was sending photos last night and there's a photo of me and him at one of those house parties I'm like who do we think we were cringe i would cringe like, if I saw oh god this, i was like these photos and then like elementary school is like peak 90s like yearbook photos i'm like oh my god anyways um I forgot your question. Oh, I was no, we were, we were but, just talking about like how all of those things have affected dating, honestly, because I feel the same. It's like all, yeah. of, all of these things that have ever happened to us totally affect the way that you date later on in life, how, how you interact in relationships, like, and, and like, unless honestly, unless you either do like some seriously deep work on your own, which is kind of hard to do or you go to therapy, you like don't understand, like, it's really hard to, um, I think, pinpoint what it is. Because most of the time when you're dating, I feel like you end up kind of doing the same shit over and over and over and over and over again. And you're like, I don't understand, like, why this is so hard? Or like, what, what am I doing wrong? Or like, what's happening? But it is all related to for me, at least, it was all related to, like, my family life. Yeah, like, one of the things I unpacked last year was that I was dating to find a person to co-parent with. I wasn't dating to find a person to be in partnership with, which a lot of people are like, mm, tell me more oh. about that. And I'm like, gladly. So Yeah, tell me more about that. I don't know. I don't know why, but I've never seen myself like, you know, little girls like dream about their wedding and getting married. And it's like, well, I'm like, the most I've gotten is like, if I have a wedding, I know the colors I want are purple and black and so in gray. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, other than that, I've never seen myself having a wedding or being someone's long-term partner. And I think it's because, like I said before, like <clears throat> the people, the two people who are supposed to love me, air quotes, let me down, air quotes. So, like, my mom died when I was young. And my dad and I started talking when I was 18, and we don't really have a relationship now. We are just, like, very surface-level conversations now. And so, like, with me, I wanted – I've always seen myself being a mom, though. Like, that's, like, the one thing in life I know. I want to be a parent. And so I had this whole fear about becoming a parent and dying and leaving my kid alone. And so I was like, okay, I have to find a person to be a parent with, even if we aren't partners. So like I would date people who either 
didn't want kids. So I knew I could have a kid and show up and be like, you don't have to do any work, <laughs> but I have a child. Uh, or, okay. or I would be with someone who did want to have kids who I knew would be a good parent. So it was like this very weird very, line. Two different things there. Two very different things. Um, and then like I started unpacking that more. And so for sake of discussion, my older sister, um, she was like, you tend to date people who are easy outs. Either you can leave them very easily or they can leave you very easily. So like I've dated people who, for lack of a better term, I've settled for either like they aren't where I need them to be, but I'm like, I'm just, at that time I was just like young and afraid of being alone. Or I would date, I dated this one person who was in an open relationship who was 11 years older than me, who I knew it wasn't going anywhere. I just really liked her partnership and it was nice to have. Um, And as I've gotten older, you know, the last person, the last two people I dated, one is a really good friend. We're still really good friends, but they didn't want kids. And they're also five years younger than me, which I don't typically date anyone less, anything more than two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And then this, the last guy I dated, he and I were six years apart, but he had his own family trauma, but he wanted to be a dad in the worst way possible. Like I knew, I know even now, like we don't speak at all. And I know he's going to be a good father to his children. Like I, like it's just a, a I just, a, it's just a thing that I know. Um, so I just like trying, it was like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Like it was just like me settling and like, I've done that before in my life. And so really unpacking why I was settling, really unpacking why I was afraid to be an only parent. And I didn't know if it was like the trope around how society views single black mothers, which isn't my cross to bear, but as a black woman in America, it sort of is. But like, also there's no, nothing wrong with being a single black mother. It's just like the, the shit society tells us. Sorry if I can't swear. No. Um, and then, and then, Ooh, great. And then, um, and then also like, um, it was, it was Carly. My friend Carly came on the show and she's a therapist because you have to have one therapy friend and yeah, we, we have a lot in I'm very grateful. I have a lot. But Carly was like, hmm, so you're telling me, which I hate when she starts with that because I feel very therapized. Um, but she goes, hmm. Oh, she goes, it sounds like to me that you were willing to once again put your happiness on the back burner to make other people happy. And I was like, wow, you didn't have to tell me about myself, Carly. Um, but yeah, so it, I recorded with her early last year. And so I really sat with like, you don't have to make other people happy, happy to the detriment of your own happiness. And so like now I'm really sitting with that and, you know, I've started dating again, air quotes, which is like being on the apps. There's a couple people who have peaked to interest, but like nothing really big yet. Dipping your toes now. With Dip, dipping, and by dipping my toes in, I mean like I'm wearing water shoes and then dipping my toe. Mm, like, okay. Extra. Like preparing to think about it. I've looked at the pool. Okay. Okay. I've looked, I've showed up at the pool. I've looked at it. I'm in the proper attire. <laughs> I'm, I'm still sitting on that chair looking at the pool. Okay. Um, Got it. Yeah. Um, there are a couple people who I'm friends with who I am interested in. There's one particular person who I'm interested in, but I'm so afraid to tell them because what if they don't like me back? I'm like, again, really holding that high school trauma in close of like, I, the thing is, I think I'm great. I think I am a really great person. I think I am attractive. I just don't think that other people think I am great and attractive because of the high school boy. Isn't it crazy how like that 
totally just fucks you up. You're like, I literally don't understand. And I think like, I've had so many conversations with a lot of my friends about dating and stuff like that, because first of all, I think it's hard. I think dating is really hard and it's the worst. It dating is the worst. Literally sucks dick. Sorry. But like, that's actually how I talk in real life. So I, it's just, it's the truth. And so like, I have a lot of conversations about this with my friends because I'm the only, I'm really the only person that's married. And I did not think I was going to be the person that was getting married when I got married. I love my husband. He's a shit. Uh, but I had to do a lot. There was a lot going on before I got to that point. And it was like a lot of like, why, why, like, why is this happening? I don't understand. And like my big thing when I was dating was that like, I never wanted to actually tell anybody how I felt about anything because I thought that they would just leave if I like said my opinion or like, I'd be like, like, I just want to make like you happy. Like, what can I do for you? Like, let me. Like, you know what I mean? And then it's our attach- your attachment style. Like, yes. If, if, you know, I, I, I think when you lose a parent, it's such an unexpected thing, right? Like you don't expect your parent to ever die, right? Like you, you don't see your parent as anybody but your parent. Yeah. Right? So they're you're like, like, oh, they're they're human. like, what are you talking about? You have a life and friends outside of me. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so so I, I feel that immensely. Like it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, and you're just like, oh my God, if I say something like that, that's going to be the reason why you leave. But like in reality, that person is just not a good fit for you and they would leave no matter what happens. And it's not anything like when you really start to spin, like turn the tables and you're like, okay, if I really thought about me and this person and how they actually fit into my life and my happiness do they really fit there? And the answer was typically like, nah, dude, like what the fuck are you doing? Like, this doesn't make any sense. You're like, so I was like searching for something from somebody in all the wrong places and ways because mm-hmm. it was, well, a, it's easier to leave them or be like, oh, this doesn't work. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. But it was like really took me practicing like actually figuring out what I wanted from somebody else and like saying like this is what I want from you and if you can't give that to me I'm deciding that you are not the good fit not the other way around and just like being super 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 accommodating which is like what it was like for me at least mm-hmm. and then when I met Jurgen, it was like I remember just being like I'm sorry you're doing what for me this is amazing. Thank you. I was like, uh, like legit jaw drop, like so confused. I was like, what the fuck have I been doing this whole time? Do you know what your love language is? Yes. It's changed though over time. It used to be words of affirmation. And I think mm-hmm. I somewhere learned along the way that someone can talk at my face all they want. And it doesn't really mean that much. Mm-hmm. So, so now it's more, I think it's, what are the other ones? Not gifts. It's definitely not gifts. Um, no. So mine is acts of service. Yeah. I think mine's probably now acts of service. Like I need you to show me. Yeah. Not buy me, not buy me things, but actually do things. Like I tell people like, what's like, what, like, someone's like, what is, what is it that someone can do for you that would show that they love you? 
And I was like, well, if I trust you enough to take my car and you go get it like an oil change, that to me just, I, cause I hate getting my oil change. I hate getting my oil change. I hate getting my car service. Like if someone else like, I'm going to do this for you. Thank you. Marry me tomorrow. Cause I hate it. Um, but also like about you then. Yes. And then also like, I'm the person who can wake up at eight o'clock and start working. Terrible, terrible habit. But here I am who can start working at eight and then be like four in the afternoon. I'm like, why am I hungry? Like I could go and just like not eat for hours, Mm. which we're working on. But if someone was like, Hey, I have lunch coming for you at noon. There you go. Like, Oh, Simple. I know it's super simple, but that you know for that me is that means that that person really understands who you are in like a very different way that it's not like explicit. Like I feel like verbal, like anything verbal, like someone says, I love you. You're beautiful. You're like this and this and this, like that's nice. And no, no, no shame on anybody. If, if you're a words, if you're a words information yeah. person, that's not what we're That's cool. It's like go. F- that's good for you. I'm, I'm all yeah. for you. But I'm just saying for me, and it seems like for you too, Brie. It's kind of like that's nice, but like a lot of that is me telling you things. But like, can mm-hmm. you be observant and intuitive and like really do you know me? Like, do you care? Do you know me? You know yeah. Me? Are you are you in <laughs> this wild maze that I call my brain? And can you just understand? Do you know this time? Pisces, Sun, Taurus, Rising, Sagittarius, Moon. You better know me if you love me. Better know me. Yeah, and it's it's, it's interesting because like I'm one of the most like personable, outgoing people. Like, but I but in turn because of that trauma with like between losing my parent and that. His name was Calvin. Calvin, if you're listening to this, you've really fucked me up. Um, I am fucking Calvin. I am really good at building relationships. And like I said, I but I don't trust people to love me long term. So like I friend zone myself a lot of the time because you can't miss what you never had. And so I was also unpacking that last year of like, why do I tell myself often of like, if I don't get married, I'll be, be okay. What, where does that come from? And so I did that unpacking of like, oh, you're just afraid it won't happen and you're preparing yourself for the disappointment. But now after realizing how much I manifest shit, I have to stop saying that because it's here like we are. self-sabotage almost. Yeah, you're like exactly. self-sabotaging yourself by the way you talk to yourself. And mm-hmm. that's something that we talked about in another episode with my friend Fernie, who's also a therapist, who was like, whenever I find myself doing one thing, I try to just do the opposite because it's basically the antidote to what I'm doing to myself. It's like, okay, if I'm bitching about like, nobody's paying any attention to me and like, nobody cares about me or is checking in, it's like, okay, then I need to just go tell somebody that I feel like, like I'm sad or like, I want someone to talk to because like, no one's really going to know. And so it's like that act of like doing the opposite of what you're doing to like counter your brain who's like feeding you these things. And so I think changing the way you're talking and instead saying like, I am, or like, I'm going to find a partner that loves me and will bring me happiness, not just a co-parent is like a completely different type of conversation with yourself. I also just want to, so the person that I have a crush on right now, we've been friends for a while. Well, they know. And I'm also, no. Okay. That's why I'm being being very Very vague. vague. Okay. Very, very vague. (laughs) 
Uh, but I'm also very like I'm just a very flirty person, so I don't think people catch it, which is really nice. Comes in handy sometimes. <laughs> um, but my whole thing, which I told my friend the other day, I was like, I feel like if they liked me, they would say something. Go, they were like, yes, but you like them, and you haven't said anything. And I was like, mm. mm, yep, she got point. Rude, rude. <laughs> You're like, fuck. All right, yeah, you, you got yeah. me there. And it, and, and I and I guess it's like like with this person like they're we're just very similar people like very family oriented very like doers like have a lot of common between like business stuff and other things I'm trying to be as vague as possible I, know, I, know. <laughs> I can literally see on your face that you're trying I'm to like so how do I do this very vaguely um. But we have we have a, we have a lot in common. We're very similar people. Like we're very efficient. We get stuff done. We you know we're very known. Um, and so I'm just like on paper, like they are just like not only on paper they're good, but like they could also stop everything they're doing tomorrow, and I still like would have like the biggest crush on them ever. So we'll see how I feel. I'm gonna have to I check back talk. in with you on this to see. Oh, don't bother. I'm not going to tell. So. Nope. And everyone's like, but what if? I'm like, oh, can't live in what ifs. So you just do it. I just, I'm just such a believer in that, like, the universe is going to make things happen that are supposed to happen. So I will manifest that something will happen. Okay. But I currently have no plan to help move this all. To help. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll get brave. And do it. But today it's not that. <laughs> this week is not that week. We're in Mercury retrograde. We got a lot to deal with. You're not, you're not supposed to start new relationships in Mercury retrograde. Yeah, no, I don't make the. We got too much, too many things to deal with this week. But maybe in a couple weeks, you might get. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do a strong. Definitely, maybe. Strong. Definitely, maybe. Okay. So now that you're like staring at the pool of dating, the dating pool. The fish. Uh huh. Okay. How do you feel about 2021 dating in 2021? Especially, I guess, oh. in pandemic times. It's a different, we got a twist. It's a different twist. It's a different twist. Um, so I typically have a no dating friend rule because I feel like it makes things messy. But like I said, this person is a friend, so I would be willing to mess things up. Forgo, forgo that rule. <laughs> um, but. I don't know. For me, I'm very much like meet people in the wild sort of person. Like the dating apps make me feel like shit about myself. Like I am not wanted. So and also like. Weird. They're so weird. Well, it's also like being in Austin and also. So number one dating in Austin because it is a predominantly white city. Um, somewhat wealthy or like wealthy skewed. Um, but then there's a the Peter Pan complex that people can move here and never have to grow up and can just party forever, which is great for you, not the ministry I'm trying to live. Mm. Um, so it's been interesting because, like, being on the dating apps, I'm like, I am not white. I do not have long hair. I All the things I'm not that I've talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And so – but it's also, like – dating as a black woman in a country, in this country, and now in this city that's predominantly white, I'm like, I have to question a lot of the stuff that I, like, have you dated a black woman before? Are you fetishizing me? Am I something that you just want to say you did once? Like, there's just so much shit that goes into dating for me that I'm like, I'd just rather not. <laughs> My friend's like, isn't it the same when you date in person? I'm like, no, because like, you can feel a vibe. Like, yes. I'm really good at reading. 
I'm real. Like when I say I'm East Coast, like I can check people really quickly and feel your bullshit. And I also like, like my energy alone, like my face talks for me before I have to. So like my face will tell you in a heartbeat, like if I like you or not, like you will never have to guess how I feel about you. And so like, I feel like when I, when I can be in person and have that like energy check, it's different. So I think that makes sense to me. I feel like if you're dating on a dating app, it's like, also it's really hard. I would assume to like look at someone on an app and judge them by like some photos that like, maybe they picked really bad fucking photos. Like honestly, sometimes like I've seen like my friend who was like, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she met the guy she's dating now on a dating app. And she was like, honestly, at first I was like, uh, what? Mm-hmm. And then you you get to meet them in person. And you're like, Oh, this is like such a different fucking ball game. Like those photos and your bio and everything about that. Did you zero justice? Like not at all. Yeah. And so, okay. So now that you've gone through this, like, dating journey and you're still on the dating journey, obviously, but what is like your number one piece of advice that you have for people dating? Do you have anything? You're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, know what your non-negotiables are. And I say that because I feel like as we get older, like my friend Corinne, she, she's, we're the same age. She'll be 31. Um, and I will be too. We're like a week apart. Doesn't matter. Um, but she hasn't dated in a long time. So she's trying to intentionally date this year. Sorry to tell you business, Corinne. Um, but we were she was she was here the other night and we were talking and she was like telling me and Shelby, like Shelby's my roommate, one of my really good close friends. Um, she was telling us, like, yeah, maybe I'll date this guy. Um, and Shelby's like, he's X height and and Corinne's very tall. And so one of her non-negotiables was height, but she's like, you know, as I get older and, you know, people aren't going to make my height requirement. And I was like, so I'm like, is, are you changing your non-negotiable or are you settling? Cause those are very, two very different things. And she was like, Crap. And I was like, cause you can change a non-negotiable. Like if you, for, if one day your non-negotiable was they have to be college educated. And now your non-negotiable is like they have to have life experience. I feel like that's a fair non-negotiable to change. But if it's something that you know you'll never truthfully get over in your brain, then I feel like you don't have to settle. Mm. So I have learned what my non-negotiables are. So like my non-negotiables are someone who wants to be a parent because that's really important to me and I don't want to be – if I'm going to be with someone, I don't want to be in this alone. Um, someone who is very politically inclined or invested. If you are apolitical or if you identify as moderate or conservative, more power to you, not for me. Um, someone who can be very odd. Like I, I do a lot of random things oh, for I no love reason. That. I talk, yes. I, I talk to myself all day. I think it's out loud. an only child thing because I do that shit. No. All the time. I do it all day out loud. And Chubb was like, are you talking to me? I'm like, no, I'm not. So sorry. No. Um, so I talk out loud to myself all day. And so I need someone who also like some quir- quirky things. I also like randomly sing and dance in grocery stores and Target. It just makes me really happy. I love I it. You accept who I am. Um, someone who has their own life outside of me. I have dated people before who have no friends, which shocks me. Um, who have no friends and nothing that they're excited about. And so I need people who need a person who is um, who has a life and goals and ambitions 
um, who wants to be monogamous. That's just me and my preference. No shame to everyone who isn't of the same wheelhouse as I. Um, Close-ish to their family. Um, One of the reasons I was trying to move back to Philly or move to Philly was to be closer to my family. They're mostly still on the East Coast, and I needed to be close enough to drive home, but not close enough to drive to my house. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, close, but not quite. Yeah, close lot. I'm just, I'm just too far for you to think about. Like, let me just do a Sunday drive. No, no, you should probably call first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> I, I need like not that we need to live near my family, but no, I need someone who's also close with their family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's like those the, are like the, main the top. Ones. Yeah, the main ones, and and you know, as a person who identifies as queer. So like I date all genders and everyone and I date all race. I'm an equal opportunity dater. Okay. So okay. um everyone's like, who do you see who do you think like see yourself ending up with? I'm like, that's the joy of being queer. I have no freaking idea. I do think it'll be a person of color just because of all the racial justice work I do right. now and not having to or I'd have to date a white person who is very aware of themselves and their privilege and have has done the work. Like Matt McGorry. Matt McGorry, if you're listening to this, I love you. I'll give you my number. Um, Matt, Ma- Matt McGorry, who plays uh, Asher on um, How to Go Away with Murder, he is like this really, for lack of a better term, like, quote, woke white man. Let's and it's like, to listen to at you. Matt McGorry, please, <laughs> please, I love you. Uh, it's just, I was telling Shelby last night. I was on the, the apps last night and I'm like swiping through and this white guy had Black Lives Matter in his profile. I was like, oh my God. And she's like, what? I'm like, the shock. I'm like, you know what the issue is? And no shade. I'm so sorry who I was going to be offended. But the bar is on the floor for white men. Like the expectations I have for white men most time, I'm like, you, you acknowledge your white privilege, period. Oh my God. Like, and now I'm like, mm, no, not anymore. No, the bar has to but, be set a little bit higher than that. Yeah, we we have to be a higher. have to be a Matt McGorry. Matt McGorry has just That's done. That's the standard. Everybody, no. look him up. You don't know him. I didn't really know who that was, but I'm gonna look it up after this. This uh, is the new. This is the new white boy standard. <laughs> he just like so. Quick summary. So he played on How to Go with Murder and like um, Orange is the New Black. Okay, and he's on another oh. another show that's coming up. I love him. Doesn't anywho's. Um, but he's been doing a lot of work against like in conjunction with Black Lives Matter, number one. Um, he does a lot of like stuff around like being a, an ally to the LGBTQA community. Um, he talks about dealing with the eating disorder as an actor, as a white actor, as a white male actor. Um, so he's been at a bunch of shows and panels talking about that. And I'm just like, oh, we love to see it. I do love to see it. That's great. So, can't, wait, can't wait to Google it after we get off. Yeah. I am manifesting. I am manifesting. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make it work. Now we know you're still pretty fresh. Um, Oh, oh, he's one. I have three. He's three. Who are the other two? Um, LaRoyce Hawkins, who plays Kevin Atwater in Chicago PD, who is this beautiful black man. (laughs) Um, And then um, Demi Lovato. I don't know what it is about Dem. Oh, I, well, I, I, I have a girl crush on Demi Lovato for sure. I, I don't know what it is about her either. I would give up everything today to go on a date with Demi Lovato. So, at, Dems at Demi Lovato. <laughs> no, no, no. We're kind of we're kind of still at Matt McGorry okay, first. Still, still Matt McGorry first. But also, 
So you also look up LaRoyce Hawkins. So LaRoyce Hawkins is from Chicago. He now fils- films the show Chicago PD. Um, but as he's gotten more involved and more um, famous, he's been he started his own nonprofit, which I, you know me, my that's my love language, show a nonprofit. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could talk for days about LaRoyce and Matt. So. We gotta yeah, Either- I gotta look these people up. So now that I now that I know who they are, uh, so when you come. To- from our wedding yeah, like, oh my God. i like literally googled this and we manifested this on the podcast and yeah, now it is really february awesome. 2nd february 2nd 2021 we are manifesting matt mcgory Manifest. it could happen it could happen we, I, I know i am like two degrees depending on the day i am one to four degrees from him, so it could happen <laughs> I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I think we are manifesting the situation. And I think everybody, if you are looking to date, you should be manifesting the shit that you want because that's how, like, you just got to, you got to get in there. You got to like kind of move away the fears a little bit and, and like see what it is that we actually want, which easier said than done. It takes a lot of fucking work as you and I both know is like literally I felt like I was climbing the largest mountain in the entire world, trying to figure out my dating life. So it's not easy. Here you are. Here we are. Yeah. Here I, am. Married. I am married. Love my husband. Shout out to Jurgen, um, who helps me. I was out of this podcast. Love him. Um, uh, we we love the supportive spouse. Yeah. Shout out to him for. I know. I'm like, please uh. help me. And he he's like, what? I'm like, I know you have other work to do. Please just do this. I can't. I can't think. Help me. I'm not as detail oriented as he is. So he's uh, he's very like put headphones on, listen to the recording. Like, do you hear that popping noise? And I was like, no, I don't hear no popping. Oh my God, we're the same person. What's his chart? Because I'm the same oh, way. I'm like, he is an Aquarius rising, Aquarius sun. His birthday's next Friday. He's turning thirty. Um, oh, shout out! Yeah, shout out to my husband's birthday. Um, and his moon sign is Scorpio. I know, but my my Venus is in Scorpio, and when I got my chart read, she said that in dating, I would like basically a partner that I could consume. It's like literally what she said, and I was like, well, that's pretty accurate <laughs> for me. Not wrong. She's not wrong. Um, and so that, I think, is like what helps in our chart. My husband would probably be like, your chart's bullshit, but whatever. Have this. Um, I I love an Aquarius, so I love this for you. I feel like they are just very misunderstood people, yes. and I think that's why I love them. I love Aquarius mm-hmm. also. I I love I love an Aquarius. My dog's an Aquarius. Got lots. We have, we got probably like I got twelve birthdays coming up. We the other reason why I cried this morning was because we did a virtual Zoom call with my brother in law who lives in Dubai. It's Jurgen's sister's husband. And every birthday that we've had during COVID, what his family, his side of the family does is they like have every single person on Zoom say like something to that birthday person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shit gets real. Like it got so deep. And I was literally like crying. I was like, it's not even my birthday. I'm so sorry. It's not even my birthday. My heart was just like. And, and I can't like not cry when I see other people cry. I think there was like a moment in time where I was always a not crier. And then I think when I started really tapping more into my intuition and like understanding my like inner child trauma, 
<laughs> like we turned like a massive corner and now I'm a huge crybaby. So I don't know. But I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. All right. All birds. Y'all, I have to tell you about them because not only do they make the world's most comfortable shoes using natural materials, they care about their community. And that is so refreshing. Recently, they asked me to join their global community of changemakers called the All Good Collective, and I'm so proud to be a part of it. I am part of this group with a couple of other people you might recognize, like Leah Thomas, who's the founder of Intersectional Environmentalist, Lisa, who's the founder of the sustainable fashion brand Mian Studios, and so many other amazing people that are doing really awesome things in their communities. Part of Albert's focus this year has been to empower their own members by elevating our voices, our work, and our stories. They really are on a mission to do things right. And if you'd like to check out the work of the other All Good Collective members, visit community.allbirds.com for upcoming events online and in real life. You can also follow them on social media at Allbirds. But I'm going to give you a chance to seriously try out a pair of Allbirds with our monthly giveaway. So make sure you stick around until the end of the episode to find out how you can win a pair of Allbirds and see for yourself how freaking amazing they are and know that I'm truly, genuinely a fan. All right, back to the episode. And so I know that like you're, you're a busy person and so I want to respect your time. Um, oh, yeah. But the last question that we always end with is, are there any women of color that are inspiring you right now that we should go check out? I know. It's a big one. God, that's such a hard list. Um, there's a list. I was actually, because I am who I am, I was actually just creating like a black history people you should follow on Instagram list. Yeah, I can't wait. I will share it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so inspired me. I mean, the big, the big ones, obviously, um, actually like Michelle Obama, Stacey Abrams, who just got nominated for fucking Nobel Pulitzer, Nobel, Nobel, um, Michelle, Oprah, Ava DuVernay, which I feel like she's not mentioned enough. So I'm going to point out Ava again. Um, um, Adrian Bosch, Chris Bosch's wife. She is like the most positive person you can follow on Instagram. And she's also like very into astrology yeah, and I shit. And I, I love her. Um, she's a, she's a really great, I follow her. Um, my friend, Brittany Presley, she's my friend, Derek, who I mentioned earlier, who I've known since I was five, his older sister. Oh. Um, she's like really grown her Instagram and she's just like this very like, Northeast kind of New York energy black woman who just is like, I am who I am and we're going to call it a day and you could like it or not like it. And I just really support that. Um, obviously like the locals, Mimi styles, Pooja Sethi, um, Ashley Chang, Virginia Cumberbatch, oh, Pamela Benson Owens, um, many more. I'm probably, uh, uh, Selena Ye- Z who is, um, in charge of, uh, EMS. Oh, yeah, she's she just president she's of- friends with my friend Rachel Garbowski. Oh, Selena's so nice. I've met her before. Um, yeah. And then, like, also, like, selfishly plugging NLC Austin. Like, we just, we have, like, these really amazing women of color who joined our cohort this year, who I'm not going to mention them all here, but y'all are all badass. Um, and people I'm probably still forgetting. So it's okay. You mentioned so many. Mention you because I loved this time we have together. Thank you. I did too. I'm like, I like, 
it's so fun because I feel like obviously I know we're recording, but I also feel like we get to just know each other as people and be like, oh shit, we have so much in common. Or like we just get to like have a deep conversation and I like thrive. I like love I love like no fluffy combos. Oh, well, I, I also have been telling people, uh, first of all, I love a phone call always, my jam. Um, but I've been telling everyone, especially during the pandemic, if you have my number, just call me. Everyone's like, you're so busy. I'm like, then I won't pick up and I'll text you or pick I'll another time to talk. That I'll call you back later. Yes, I'm not a texter. I'm so bad at texting because like, I can't like, I don't get anyone's energy from that. And like, I can't really tell your tone. And I just, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'd rather just also call. I'm like, just, I'm probably walking somewhere. Um, I'm probably driving. Like, just just talk to me, or I'm like doing something in my house. So yeah. Anybody, um, anybody that has my phone number, please feel free. Call me. Send me a voice memo. I love a good voice memo. Love a voice memo. I know. I'm laughing because my my friend just <laughs> she tried to FaceTime me, but my phone's a do not disturb. So she goes, um, hello. I was like, I'm recording. <laughs> oh, fine. Um, so. Are we two people that have podcasts or what? When we're like, call me, talk to me. I want to like, let's just do oh, that. We- talk to me all the time yeah it's <laughs> constantly yeah. um yeah and also like it's gotten to the point everyone's like i feel like when i talk to you you're gonna end up on the podcast I'm like i won't say your name so like i talked to a friend about this one thing this one time yeah it's like <laughs> so, very vague you kept it pretty vague very with your vague. crush so we know you can keep it vague for the friends so they will never know unless someone tells them and that someone ain't gonna be yeah. me so <laughs> and it's not me oh wait it's i forgot me. the actual last question that I asked. Sorry, I was like, this last. How can we support you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so my website is my full name, Brianna. So B-R-I-O-N-A Jenkins, J-E-N-K-I-N-S. So BriannaJenkins.com has my Instagram, which is also Brianna Jenkins. My podcast is The Tea with Brie. Um, it's at the Tea with Brie on Instagram and the Tea with Brie Podcast.com. Um, give it a listen, give it a share. Um come on the show. Literally, you can just click the be a guest button in the top right hand corner and come on. Um, if you are a person who wants to run ads. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Everyone, yeah. if you know somebody that wants to run ads, let's holler at Brie. Let, let her go now. It could be almost anything. I get to have some discretion, but almost, almost anything. Um, share anything that I share on social that you love or, or send me things you want me to share. I've been blessed to be growing my Instagram the last like year between a lot of the speaking the stuff that I've yes, done. Yes, listen to your podcast um, episode about that. Congrats. Thank you. Um, and then if you haven't, uh, the documentary that I'm the subject of came out on February 1st and it's on the YouTube. So if you just look up in co- Uncomfortable Spaces by Apartment, so APT 138. Yes, I'm going to link it. Oh my gosh, I actually lived in oh. an apartment called Apartment 138. That's crazy. That's super really weird. <sighs> My, my, it's my first apartment in Austin. We love a manifestation. <gasps> That's crazy. Uh, but I'm going to link it. all those things, obviously, in the show notes. And Bree, thank you so much for coming on. It was so much fun to talk. Hey. I, like, thank you for being you so too. vulnerable about dating and like everything that we talked about. I know it's like, you know, getting deep, but. Listen, if we don't talk if we don't talk about it, we can't heal it, right? So yeah. We can't manifest it. So Here true. we are. Also, my question is for you, when oh. the heck are you coming on your um, show? I don't know. I'm gonna fill it out right now. I'm like, okay. Thank you. I'm, I'll do it right after we get off this. I'm gonna be like filling Thank out my you. info. But also yeah, you, Oh wait, go ahead. What are you gonna say? I'm gonna say you have to fill out the form and look at Matt McGorry. Okay. <laughs> don't Those forget. are my two things. Yes, that's my two pieces of homework. 
My other thing was that I would also, if you're interested, if you have like a super favorite podcast episode, I would love to just do like a, just share it on our feed. I've always wanted to do that. Just like share it, like do like a, you don't even have to do a switcheroo. I would just share one that you like really like. Okay. So I cannot pick my favorite. It's like a parent, like you cannot say which one your favorite child is, right? Like sure. I have so many people have come on now that I'm like, ooh, you, you let, you pick what your favorite You want me to pick my favorite? Is. Okay. I was like, obviously it has to be a woman of color that comes on the show. I feel like. That's fine. I feel like. That's fine. Even though like, There's been a couple. So if we're talking like women of color, sorry, people who are like trying to tune this off, but like there's been Era, who's a really good friend. We talk about like being a black woman in America. My friend Anna and I talked about her being a black nurse during Black oh, Lives I listened Matter. To that one. Mm-hmm. My friend Britt and I talked about um, performative allyship and oh also. Oh Britt. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Of, uh, yeah. I should just share that one. Yeah. Britt is so funny. I love everything she does. She cracks me up. It's like Hilarious. so, it's like so. Um, it's like blunt, straight to the point, but also it's just and so relatable. She she has that like good like nineties um like comedies like stand up comedy like funniness to me, right? Like that just very like blunt and honest. Like you're going to laugh even if you don't want to laugh because it's true. Yes. Um, and then Virginia Cumberbatch came on. So yeah, I've been very lucky. I've had some like so many good people. No like no hype, but also hype. <laughs> okay, well then let's do it. I was like, I would love to just share one. I, I like, I love your podcast. I love having conversations Thank you. with you. And so, yeah, sorry for all the people that were trying to get off. Can't. <laughs> this is, listen, it's a good hour and 15-ish minutes. You're you're welcome. Yeah. Um, I am so grateful you had me on. This is like such a beautiful time. I also like, we should talk more often. Yeah. I want to be best friends. I know, so. me too. I was like, okay, great. So now we're going to be sending you voicemails or giving you a call or whatever. Right. <laughs> Great. No, literally anytime, anytime I will answer or call you back. Okay. I love it. Thank you so much. I hope you have a good rest of your night. I was like, I don't want to keep you any longer. Thank you. You too. All right. Thank you so much for listening all the way until the end. I love you for it. I am letting you know right now how you can be rewarded for leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes. Not only do you get my undying love and appreciation because it helps people find the show, but you can also win a free pair of Allbirds. You get to pick the color, whichever ones you want, and here's all you have to do is, like I said, take a second, leave a review, give us five stars, hopefully, (laughs) and I linked it in the show notes so that it's easy for you to find, and that's actually it. That's all you got to do. But if you want to hear more from me and you want to get more involved in our community, please join our Thursday morning newsletter, Women of Color Weekly, where we share events, resources, inspiration, all by women of color, all meant to support you. So come curious, leave inspired. And as always, you can find me on the gram at Embold's Company. And thank you so much. I will talk to you next week.